If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pulled back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Quantum Revenue Expansion, where we keep you motivated, inspired, and thinking big. Up-leveling into quantum revenue is a choice that we can all make in any moment and then continue to make that choice to stay in that space each day. On this podcast, Ursula will share revenue growth strategies to reach your next level and introduce you to CEOs just like you who are making it happen. What's your next quantum leap going to be? See it, own it, and take that first step. If this is you, then Ursula wants to invite you to join us at the next 2X Intensive now. Go to salescoachnow.com slash apply. You're listening to Quantum Revenue Expansion with your host, Ursula Menchez. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Quantum Revenue Expansion, where you turn your annual income into your monthly income. I'm super excited because we have Chaz Wilson back on the show today. He's the founder and CEO of Master Networks. And we had him, when we had him before, he was talking about how to double, how he doubled his sales and how you can do that too. But today we're going to talk about how you can scale a multi-million dollar company. So Chaz, welcome back. Now, Ursula, thank you. My honor to be with you. Thank you for the invite. So glad and excited. Yeah. And um, we've gotten to hang out more this year and I've gotten to know you and I've gotten to know Master Networks and now I'm part of your community. I'm actually one of your assistant coaches inside of your mastery program, which we'll talk yes. about today. So it's just been fun. It's been fun hanging out. And today we're going to talk about your signature being one relationship away from changing your future. And I just want that to settle in for all of our listeners for a moment, because I truly want you to think about all the relationships that have up-leveled your business over the past X amount of years. And I want you to think about who might be next. Like, who is it that you've been wanting to meet, you've been wanting to connect with? And so we'll get in that, into that today. So definitely get your pen, paper out. You're going to take a lot of notes. Before I introduce Chaz, a couple of things. If you haven't yet, go to UrsulaInc.co our brand new website and register for quantum revenue expansion, the masterclass. It's free. And this is where I go into how to build your quantum revenue container that will actually help you turn your annual income into your monthly income, how to up level your pricing packages and marketing. I get it. We get stuck. It can be scary to raise your prices, but often when you're out of alignment with your pricing, you're not attracting the clients you really want to work with. 
And finally, we talk about how to how you can collapse time and reach that goal even faster. And that gets into team systems and processes that will really speed up the way in which you manifest what you want. Also, a couple of things. If you haven't yet, definitely leave us uh, a review on iTunes. And when you do, you can go to www.ursulainc.co forward slash giveaway. We just have a special gift to thank you. And it's all in the vein of creating your one great goal, my book, and our signature process. And we'd love for you to have that. And thank you for supporting the show. So with that, as I said, I'm super excited to have Chaz Wilson back today. If you haven't, I recommend going back and listening to his first interview when it was on Double Your Sales Now, because we really dug into his view on selling, which I think is really powerful. Chaz, as I mentioned, is the CEO and founder of Master Networks, where he and his team work with entrepreneurs on a local level and a national level, educating them, equipping them, and empowering them with the tools they need so they can look towards leaving a legacy beyond their business. He speaks to audiences nationwide, training them with the best models and methods to use to achieve success in their business. And he does that through his five plus one signature method, which we're gonna talk about at the end and how you can get that as a free gift. Chaz is also a family guy and he and his wife, Jacqueline, have five beautiful children. Not only do they have five beautiful kids, but they're in the front row of every event, I think, that we uh-huh. have the Connect events. And I just, I loved, uh, I loved being a part of that. I loved meeting your family. Jacqueline, your wife is amazing. Your kids, I got to connect with a few of them. I got to sign a couple books and I just thought, wow, this is, this is so cool. We have one child, Tim and I have one kiddo who I want to be out at events hanging out. So anyway, that, that was really special. And I love how everything you do includes your family. And so often, you know, we think it's, we think here's my business, here's my family. No, here's your life. So with that, Chaz, with that introduction, I would love to hear your story. Mm. And in terms of like, what did you have to go through? Like, what was the tough stuff that you had to go through to really scale and grow Master Networks to 3000 plus members that you have today? Yeah, so thank you, Ursula. Really quickly though, I do wanna say, when you were at our event, we had a private VIP session at 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning. By the way, the room was packed and I got down there early and I looked in there and three of my five children were in there like second row to watch your VIP session, which was so cool because I didn't even tell them there was a session at 8 a.m. on Saturday. They heard the announcement and were there with no uh, sort of influence from me. And I, that just speaks volumes to the message you were giving because they were excited to hear you speak. So um, yeah, super exciting. Um, Let me just share just a couple of quick things. You know, the journey is tough. You mentioned five children. So I started Master Networks coming out of 2009, 2010, a really challenging economy for, for most people, but I was highly leveraged in real estate. And that, 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 I used to get excited and talk about, well, I'm the CEO of this company. What that really meant in my real estate companies was that I owned all the debt. And so it was a heavy burden, right? Uh, and, and going through this time, we had just had our twins, which were our last two, number four and five. And um, I'd started Master Networks and I, I reached out to a gentleman that I wanted to, I had seen what he had done. He built three national brands. He had retired. I reached out to him to see if he'd be willing to have a conversation with me. He was willing to, we were in Minnesota at the time uh, where, where you're at. And he, he came into town, he met with me. And in the middle of this super important pivotal meeting, I got a text message from my wife. And then I got a phone call 
And then immediately another phone call. And so I excused myself. I said, Dave, I, I need to step out and take this phone call. Now I want everyone listening to imagine this. I'm in an office that's like 600 square feet and super tiny, like commercial industrial space, not very like wowing to anyone that would walk in. And so I, there was nowhere to go to take this private phone call. I stepped outside. I knew it had to be important if my wife was calling. And I took the phone call. I said, you know, sweetie, what's going on? And she said, I'm so sorry to bother you, but um, I'm at the store. Now you have to visualize she's at the store with three little children, two of which are like in car carriers. And then my middle child is, you know, uh, I think he was 18 months at the time. So she's got three kids, cart full of groceries and the card is not working. And I can just hear that, like, you, you know, that humiliation. And we've probably, many of us have been that in that moment when that, you know, and, and I said, okay, let me check really quick how much money we have and I'll call you right back. So I get online on my phone and I look and I never, I mean, it is ingrained in my mind. I remember seeing it was $27 and some change in my bank account. And I said, I called her back. I said, uh, I have $27, get what you can for today and I'll figure out tomorrow. And you know, like the cost of diapers, that's like one of those kids is getting diapers and the other two aren't, you know? Right. And, and uh, but I want the listeners to just visualize for a second. I'm out in the parking lot talking to my wife. I have $27 in my account. And inside, just 10 feet away inside this building is a mentor of mine who's talking about how we're gonna grow a company to this national presence. And I just couldn't separate where I was to what he was, you know, trying to cast a vision for me. <clears throat> it was a tough time. Yeah, it was really tough. I, so let's just, I just want everyone to reflect on that moment because like you said, we've all been there. I think I've shared my story with you, but my husband and I, same thing, super leveraged in real estate, owned part of a real estate company. We were rolling. I can remember we had 300,000 in equity in a house and we talked about selling it and we're like, nah, it's not enough. And like literally the next day, um, home prices dropped by like 50% in the Inland Empire in California where we were at the time. And I remember, I just, I remember those moments. Like we literally ate ramen noodles for two years because we decided to not file bankruptcy and nothing. Like if that's what you had to do for any of our listeners, yeah. totally get it. We just made the decision. We weren't going to, we were going to pay our investors back. So Tim went back to work in technology full time. I started to just work all a million hours uh, in my business. And every dime that came in went back to our real estate investing teams. And we, in two years, we paid them off. And then we moved back to Minnesota from California and bought our first house again, which we never thought was going to happen. I mean, in that moment, when we stood in the middle of our beautiful 4,000 square foot home, we said, this is the last house we'll ever have, which wasn't true. And so I think you and I both like, you know, they say this, you haven't lived as an entrepreneur until you've made it and lost it all. I just don't want to have to make it and lose it all, you know, multiple times, although I know many people do. So in that moment that, so what did you do? You talked to Dave the next day, right? Mm -hmm. What did you do next? Because that could have been a point where you're like, this isn't going to work. Like, I don't know how to keep going. I mean, we're going to have five children. What, What do I do? So what did you do? Uh, you know, I think in those moments, one of the key elements for a entrepreneur to really understand is that it's not about the resources you have. It's about how resourceful you are. And, um, I just tried to be as resourceful as possible, uh, in every way possible. I shared, um, I shared this story on stage two years ago at our event and actually the video got pushed out on social media. And I told the story about Kenneth Cole, how he started his shoe company 
I don't know if you've heard that story, but I, I published it out. And then he commented on my Instagram and said, Hey, thanks for the shout out. Yeah. But he, he started his shoe company because he wanted to do that. You know, he had, or he had this company, very small startup. He had no money, but he was very resourceful in what he understood. And, and I, I think I remember the details correctly here. He, there was like a, in New York, there was this vendor show where you could, where you sell your shoes and you could get picked up by these big chains. Well, he, he went to get in there and they, he didn't have enough money. And so he, he decided that he, he went and got a truck and he parked the truck right outside the doors. And so everyone who walked in had to see his shoes. And then they came to him and said, well, you, you can't park here. You need a permit to be here. And so he went down to the city and he said, I need a permit. And they said, well, you can't get a permit. The only way you can get a permit is if like you're shooting a movie downtown. And so he said, okay. So he went over and printed cards that said like Kenneth Cole Productions business cards. And he went back to city hall and said, Hey, I'm shooting a movie downtown. I need a permit. And they gave him a permit and he got a buddy that had like a, a big old, you know, camcorder at the time. It literally had no tape in it. And they just followed him around while he sold shoes to everyone. And that's how he got his start. Something to that effect. So I, I always think about that. It's like, how do I get resourceful? And so I did things very similarly. I, I started doing some business coaching. I had been doing that years prior uh, to starting Masternarks. I started doing that. That was just to make some income. But the reality is I just got to work. That's the only mode I knew how to do is I knew that no one was going to come save me. I got myself there. I could get myself out and it would take time. And that that moment of how I felt where I had nothing would just be a moment. And I had to keep reminding myself that. And I also had a very good friend tell me one time, make sure you document this because this will be one heck of a story to tell. And at the moment, you don't understand that. But so I just started documenting those pieces to look back and remind myself. And now it's, you know, it's hard to even read it, to be honest, at times. But um, I just got to work. I started to, uh, calling people and asking them to, to buy a region of our company or to sign up and become a member. And it's just every day that's all I did. And I just let the rest of it fall by the wayside, quite honestly. Yeah. So many things I want to unpack there. You said a key word. You're talking about Kenneth Cole. You said he decided. He just, he decided and he like, so for him that day, he was in hundred percent. There was no going back. He was going to sell his shoes. He was going to get in it, like there. And so to me, I think that you had that moment, right? Like at some point before the meeting with Dave, you'd already made the decision that no matter what master networks was going to grow. Right. So can you talk about that? Like that decision where you weren't going back to real estate. You weren't going to some job. Like what, yeah. what do you remember when that happened or when you just knew like, no matter what, I'm going to grow master networks. Yes. And this may sound different than what I, for the first time in anything I had ever done, it didn't feel like something I wanted to do. It felt like something I had to do like a calling, if you will. Like I felt this was my mission. And I had not felt that yet. And like, I loved real estate. I loved all the things I was doing, but this felt more than me. It, I don't, it's hard to describe, but it didn't feel like this was just my choice alone, that there were people and my family and so much more this could be that I felt that drive beyond my own. And it's really hard to, to verbalize that. But so to me, it wasn't even like my decision alone. I knew this was something I had to do. And I think that helped me. Yeah. 
Well, I know you you teach mission and vision and your coaching division of your company. You talk about that a lot with your clients. I've been observing that. Yes. And I, I think that I literally had this conversation yesterday. I was on another, um, I was in another masterclass talking about seven figure secrets. And one of the things that I've noticed about all the conversations I have with seven figure business builders and our clients who have broken through the seven figures market at some point the it stopped being about the money mm-hmm. and it started being completely about the mission and what they were creating. And it's so, it's so simple and easy to say that, right? Like I've heard other people say it, but I haven't really gotten it at a deep level as in the way that I have over the past few years. And so I think for you, I mean, it sounds like that once that you had the mission, it was way bigger than you and it just started to build itself and you were just going where you were called. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a, I'm I'm trying to, I'm struggling to find the word, but it is a struggle or a, a push pull kind of feeling because yes, I did feel this, this calling to a movement, this mission that I was on. And yet I can't say that there weren't times that it wasn't about the money because when you don't have any, you're, you know, there's days where you're like, so I don't want to give an, any, I don't want to pretend in any way that there wasn't days or hasn't been days where it's like, no, today's about money. I got to make some money. You know, like there was definitely <laughs> right. those days. Um, but the mission always sort of surpassed that. There was always a mission behind that piece. And that's why I say, and that's why our very first core value, and you mentioned about our signature our, our first core value is relationships. And, and so here's how I can, I can explain it. We're relational over transactional. So while transactions need to happen to bring in revenue, and that's why I say there was days it was about the money, the relationship is always, it always trumps the transaction. And so we were still building relationships that was still the key core competency that we were focused on and, and money started to show up. That's a great way to say it because I think we all walk a t- we walk a tightrope on here's the mission and we have bills to pay like there's this there's that right. reality and and so let's talk about that for a second how yeah. important is revenue modeling to you or creating the financial structure of the company so you can project out and see where the company is going it's everything truly because again you can have this great mission but if you don't make revenue that mission's not going to go tremendously far because you can't support it and you can't support you. And, and so it's, it's entirely important. And we've, we've, you know, messed with our and improved our model over time. And, you know, what we thought at the beginning would, would scale. Well, we had to make some changes and we had to adjust some of those things with revenue, but it's a, it's a constant look. So I'm looking at where we are now and what, what projections we can do because one thing that I've learned as I've scaled and maybe I'm jumping ahead and we can come back, but, my ability to scale and make revenue. And I honestly believe this at my core truly blesses the lives of others. The fact that I can employ people and have created an environment and a culture where they love to come to work and they enjoy being part of it and they make good money. That wouldn't happen if I had a limited capacity of my own mindset towards money. Yeah. So true. I want to make sure everybody heard that. I mean, without the money, without the plan, without all of that, you have no, you know, to me, money is an energetic measurement of the impact you're making. And I know when I was at Connect, which is Master Network's national conference, and I highly recommend checking it out, 
Elizabeth Carnegie, one of your key team members, got on stage and talked about the culture of master networks. And I can tell you that it is one of the coolest cultures. And I've been in a, I've been in a lot of events like you. I've been in a lot of companies. I've seen a lot of things. What was really cool is from the second I got to know you and became part of your extended network, it felt like a family. And a lot mm -hmm. of people say that, but I definitely, I, I feel that every time I'm, I'm hanging out with anyone from Master Networks. And what's really cool is now, I don't know if you've seen some of the posts on Facebook, but yeah. there's we have a lot of um, Master Networks, and I'm now a member. We have a lot of Master Networks um, members who are in Minnesota, because this is where you started. And now I run into them. I run into them at my son's track meet. And I saw a photo. That was awesome. Yeah. And um, that's a shout out to Anne. Um, who took that photo. It was so, like the perfect shot of him long jumping. All that to say, it's it's an incredible network. And we'll talk at the end a little bit more about how people can get involved or how they can learn more. But again, this points back to revenue follows mission and impact. And you've got you've got to build the revenue model or it's like it it's like a blueprint for a house that you can't build, right? The blueprint is that revenue model and it's just like okay, here's here's where everything goes, right? And here's what we're what we're creating. Can I, can I just touch on a second on how culture also plays into that revenue yes. model? <clears throat> so when we first started Master Networks, I met with several attorneys to build our structure and so forth. And many of them were like, okay, you need to create this sort of contractual agreement, a contract for a year or two, have people prepay for a year or two. And like th those already exist. And, and, I, and I remember like having a very spirited discussion with my attorney <laughs> and I said, no, I, I, I'm a small business. I'm a local business like anyone else to ask somebody to walk in the door and pay $750 to a thousand dollars to join an organization that they really don't know anything about. Maybe it's their first, it's not what I want. I want a month to month opportunity pay as you go. They can cancel. It's easy in easy out. And I mean, all the legal noise that I heard was that is foolish. That is stupid. You will have so much turnover, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's, it's been completely the opposite of that. We have had a culture of high retention. We attract people who, who are there because they want to be, not because they're contractually obligated to be there. And it's created this culture that you experienced. And it, I think it directly ties into our, our revenue model. Yeah. So we, look, it's such a great reminder too that well, it's important to talk with the experts and the attorneys and, you know, while we're building structure or even talking about it, at the end of the day, it's your company. It's right. you got to go with your gut instinct of what you know and follow that. And because relationships are your number one core value in the company, it makes total sense that that you wanted you want people to want to be there. And that's what it feels like for sure. People want to be there. They want to be part of it. That's a great reminder. And I, I want to tie that into... Um, so when, was there a moment when you, your annual income became your monthly income, or we just, you just had a moment of this, we're going to make it. And by the way, you just celebrated 10 years. Congratulations. Yes, thank I know you. this moment came before that, but can you think back to, was there a moment when it was like, it, this is all happening. We have this amazing culture. The revenue's coming in. We're profitable. We're scaling. Yeah. I mean, we still have those moments and, and I'll just share, I, it's, I, I'm hoping that someone listening will relate to this, but I was like, I was the last person that had to be convinced 
to basically take money from my company because, and what I mean by that is the company was really scaling. We were growing. We moved to Texas. It took off. We were adding members like crazy. It was growing. And yet I was still making a very minimal, like just barely getting by kind of revenue. And I think part of that was because I had had this loss that I talked about at the beginning of the show. And so I was so like, I, I really had to reprogram my mind. Like it is, it's okay. And I remember a mentor of mine saying, Chess, you have to take care of yourself. You have to, meaning financially, there are other reasons too, but you have to financially, you're the CEO. If you, if you, if it's great that the company's thriving, but you got to be able to take care of yourself. Like I had to give myself, it sounds so foolish now, but like I had to give myself permission to make a decent salary. And, uh, you know, four or five years ago, I made that switch and, and yes, things started to change. And, and I remember that moment when, when I was looking at our, our revenue and I'm like, Holy smokes. Like we just made more today. This is crazy. I want you to think about this. We made more in one day than I filed my first year of being married. I filed a tax return. My gross revenue for that year, I made more in one day in Master Networks. And we've done that many times over. Um, it's an interesting feeling. And I still, I'll be truthful. I still sometimes struggle with feeling like, we deserve that. I don't know. I, I just do sometimes. And I think that's part of what keeps me hungry and keeps me going. Um, I, I'm not comfortable yet. I'm not comfortable with that, even though we're doing really well. Yeah. Well, I think everyone can relate to you at some level. <laughs> it's one of the conversations we have with most of our CEOs. We just had another conversation with a new CEO we're working with uh, just last week. And she and her husband weren't paying themselves yet. And they certainly could. And there was money banked for it and money put away, but that it changes, it changes something when you start to pay yourself. And I, I, you know, I want to talk about like your biggest myth about money and revenue. I mean, I don't know if that was it, that it was like, okay to pay myself, but like, what about that? What about that feels uncomfortable to you? I think, um, and I don't know, like not to get all like psychological and deep on it. I just don't know. I don't know if it's because I've been without and that was the hardest time. And I just, I feel like probably what happened if, if just kind of unpacking it now is like in 2009 and 10, similar to what you talked about, I was making a ton of money. I wasn't very smart with it, but I was making a ton of money and it felt like overnight, you know, I was like, Whoa, what happened? And I was comfortable. And I feel like if I ever get comfortable again, that, that, that becomes the equation that I lose it, right? Like, so I'm just constantly like not comfortable with like, truthfully, one of my, I do have a financial coach now and not like a financial planner, but a, a financial coach that works with CEOs. And one of the things we talk about is I, I take my revenue that I bank up every year and I get rid of it and I invest it in something. I literally go down to zero. And, and part of that for me keeps me uncomfortable that drive to just keep going to go, I don't have that cash anymore. Cause when I, when it's sitting there, I get super comfortable. I think it's human nature. I'm like, ah, I got this amount and I've convinced myself that that's a comfort level. And, and so I, I try to get rid of it every year. Yeah. And keep the edge. I like that. It works for you. So, it, and, and it's based on your past experience. And so it's, inter- it'll be interesting to see how that continues to unfold for you. All right, so I have a lot more questions. We'll see what we can fit in. 
I'm curious about like you work, you've worked with a lot of CEOs as a coach. You have a coaching community inside of master networks. You know, a lot of your, your members, but what are your top, top two tips for busting through an income ceiling? So if someone's been stuck at, you know, six figures, 250, 500 or a million, what would you say to them? And they want to get to the next level. Yeah. Two, two quick things. One is I, I'm a strong, firm believer in having a recurring revenue model in your business. If you can at all make that possible. I just, I, I, you know, when we look at our revenue model, yes, people can pay annual, but like 86, 87% of our people pay the monthly recurring. And what it does is it creates massive predictability for us because we can pretty much, and, and we have in 10 years, we have never missed a month of that projection. We've either been over it or right at it. We've never been below it. That's what's fascinating about recurring revenue model. So that's number one. And number two, I would say it's not so much the tactic to scale. It's the who, as we talked about every time my business and personal life, but every time my business revenue like jumped was when I added somebody incredibly talented or influential in my life every time. So when I, when I, now I've tried to train myself that every time I want to have that big increase, I'm looking for someone. It's not what's the next Facebook ad or what's the next tactical, you know, marketing thing we're doing. For me, it's the next who. Somebody's going to unlock an influential connection. Somebody is going to have a tremendous amount of influence that's going to spread master networks, all of those kinds of things. So for me, it's, it's recurring revenue. Every business that I have, which I have multiple businesses I'm a partner in, all of them have recurring revenue. It's a requirement for me. And then the second is I'm always looking to add to my circle of influence. Yeah, I want to, we just got to swim around in this for a second because I want to make sure everybody hears what you just said. So first and foremost, recurring revenue model. And I'll tell you, we went through this shift when I, so the pandemic gave us all a gift of time, right? And so that's <laughs> right. one of the things that we got really clear on. And we now have a much more focused recurring revenue model. And it is, it has brought something different to my company and how we're growing it and all the new products and services like Ursula Inc. Well, it's my name. It is so not me. And it's so different from anything I've ever had. And it's so fun to watch it scale itself right now, recurring revenue critical. And then you said the who. And so I want you to talk about, I mean, that ties of course, to what we're talking about today, being one relationship away from changing your future. And what I heard you say is it's not the tactics, it's the who. So who, who am I going to connect with next that brings that next level? So how do you, like, how much time do you spend? And you and I've talked about this, but like, literally, I know you have times on your calendar, which are only for building relationships and connecting. I've had the pleasure of being part of those meetings and getting to know you and connecting with you. And we are working together on a lot of different things. So talk a little bit more about that. How do you make that a priority in your business? So uh, that's, a, by the way, that's a perfect example, right? You and I connected through, this is, if you don't mind, I'm gonna just kind of yeah, walk back that, that connection. So I have a relationship that I've had for almost 15 years back to real estate uh, with an individual and she, her sister, you work together with her sister. So this individual introduces me to her sister who introduces me to you, right? And, and, and those kinds of connections, I am purposeful all the time. And here's what's fascinating. I make a list on probably now it's about a quarterly basis. I will make a list of people I want to connect with. So 
uh, you know, just for example, like I could list, you know, uh, Tony Robbins, just top of the list. Now, you don't try to figure out how are you going to connect with them. You just go, this is someone I want to connect with. It would be really important for me to connect with this person. And here's what's fascinating. I can, I can tell you story after story. Just one really quick one. I, I met a, uh, a gentleman, so I fo followed him on Facebook and it started really resonating with his training. I thought, man, he would be great for our community. I would love to connect with him. I put his name on the list. That was literally all I did. I am teaching from stage this concept. We go to break and I have a uh, text message from somebody that I've known for 15 years. And he texts me and says, hey, I'm gonna be in Dallas next week. I'm working with this gentleman's name and I would love to introduce you to. Out of nowhere, like I did nothing to make that happen other than I put his name on a list. And then we met, we become friends. It's just fascinating. I can't explain how that all works. I just know it does. And so probably once a quarter, I sit down now and I just make a list of what I call my top 20. And then I try to find ways, how can I either buy my way? And that sounds like cheap, but it's not. Like you sell courses and programs. So if I, if I wanted to try to get to know you, I need to buy your stuff. I need to know what you teach, what you, and, and so I try to find my way into that circle. And sometimes I've gotten into the circle and I realize this isn't the connection I thought it was gonna be. No harm, no foul, it's fine. And it just never goes anywhere. And sometimes it surprises me and it, it's big. I love that. So, okay, we are, this is quantum revenue expense, quantum keyword. And what you just yes. said, so, and I want everyone to hear this, like you just wrote it, you write it down, you make your list. And in that example, this person showed up through someone else. And I've had many of those examples in my own life. And I have many lists of who I want to call in, but I don't want to have to go out and like figure it out. Right. I know you said, I don't know how to explain this, but if, if you, if I asked you to explain it, what would yeah. you say? So I like, I, I've got one right now that I'm working on and I say it like, it sounds like projects and it's not like I'm intentional about trying to create relationships. You know, I read all these studies that talk about, there was a study that just came out said men over 40 stop making friends. I thought that was fascinating. Cause I'm like, I'm always trying to build new relationships always. But like, so I have somebody I'm building a great connection with and it, and we use, I use the bond method. What I, I've, I created the bond method, which is build on a common interest, occupation, exploration, needs discovery, and then develop an opportunity. And I use that framework with every single person I connect with. We're going to build on what's in common. And pretty much in that stage, I know if this is going any further or not. And I'm working on one of those right now. And he is now throwing a tremendous amount of opportunities my way because we have this powerful connection that serves both of us. And I, I didn't know that going into it, that we were gonna have this. And we've now become really good friends. And now it just, so I use the bond method, which is what I teach. And so if I were to say, how does it happen? That's how it happens. I operate in that framework. It's become so natural to me now. I'm not even thinking about it when I do it. It's just inherent and intentional to how I build those relationships. Yeah, so good, so good. All right, I know we're running out of time. I just like this whole conversation and to remind everyone, you're just literally one relationship away from changing your future. And thank you, Chaz, for really sharing, giving us some great examples of how important it is that you could literally just make a list, including Tony Robbins, if that's who you want to connect with, right? 
and you never know how they're going to show up. It's how I got connected with Brian Tracy, who has been one of my amazing mentors. He's endorsed all my books. He's given me book proposals. It's how I got my first traditional publisher. I mean, just that one relationship, life-changing, right? Meeting you and the Master Networks community. Like I've had so much fun and just connecting with everyone that's in your community and just feeling and also feeling like I can contribute. And I think that I know that's really important to you as well is finding those communities that you can be a contribution to, not just a receiver of. So in our last few moments, um, two things. First, I want you to share your free gift for the audience and anything else you want to share about finding a master networks chapter or how to get involved. Yeah. So I, first of all, you can learn about master networks at masternetworks.com. We have all kinds of stuff there that you can learn about chapters and where we are and how to launch a chapter if there's not one in your area. But in master networks, I, I created a best-selling, it's been become a best-selling business book that I teach and it's the five business disciplines and the one master skill. And all of our education comes out of that framework, right? And so um, we have an offer where I'm giving it away. So you can just go to free5plus1.com, free5plus1.com, and you can get a copy of 5 plus 1. Just pay the shipping and I'll send it out to you. Awesome. Free5plus1.com. We'll have it in the show notes as well. So you can grab that. Definitely get it. It's a bestseller. I know it's changed a lot of lives of those who read it and, and really implement, right? Move forward with what Chaz shares in there. So I want to hear the final word from you, Chaz. One piece of advice, so something we haven't talked about for a CEO CEO who might be feeling a little stuck, but wants to turn their annual income into their monthly income. Yeah, I would start looking at things, not at what they cost, but what are they worth? So for instance, I just had this conversation yesterday with somebody who uh, they, they understand who is what is right. So they need to hire and they found really great talent, really tremendous talented person. And, uh, but they wanted, the person wanted $2 an hour more than what they wanted to pay. And now what they were doing is looking at cost, not worth. And if that person is talented, pay them what they're worth. Um, when I look at educational things, I, I look at it, what's it worth to us, not what it costs. When I started my business, I was looking at cost. And I think the biggest transition I started to make in life is what's this worth to me, not what does it cost? Right. I, I just another small example that I'm putting this big pool patio thing in my backyard. Ten years ago, I would have been like, oh, what does that cost? Even and, and no, no offense. I have family. They're like, Ooh, can I ask what that cost? I don't you know, whatever. It's what's it worth to me? It's worth everything because I only have my oldest just graduated high school. I've got like this summer with him and then my youngest ones. I've got seven more summers and that's it. And that's how I'm looking at it. So that's what it's worth to me, not what it costs me. And I think in business, you've got to constantly look at what's something worth. What it's worth, not what it costs. That's a perfect way to end the show. Chaz Wilson, thanks for being back. And we'll have you back again. We appreciate you and everything you share. Oh, my pleasure. My honor. Thank you. And our listeners all over the world, we love hearing from you. Reach out to us. Let us know what you like about the show. If you feel called, definitely leave us a review. And if you haven't yet, go to UrsulaInc.co and join us for our Quantum Revenue Expansion Masterclass. That's it for this week. Have an epic month. Thank you for joining us today. And if you are ready to make your next quantum leap, let's do it. Ursula invites you to join us at the 2X Intensive. Go to salescoachnow.com apply. Don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app.